Well, I love our pastor. I love his family. I love uh, Pastor Pete and Pastor Deb. Uh, and so uh, the opportunity to step in, you know, our pastor is a man. Uh, he's supernaturally anointed, but uh, he also is has physical limitations, and sometimes your uh, uh, body just says, you know, enough. You, you, you have to take some time to rest, so it's, it's just a blessing. And uh, I encourage you, if you haven't been, as pastors been going through this series, just sit down and take some time and and uh, read through 1 Corinthians. It's just, uh, it, it paints us a beautiful picture. So if you could, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 12. And let's stand, as pastors had a standing for the reading of God's word. First Corinthians 12, 12, and this is what it says. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body. I blacked out here for a second, folks. Forgot to uh, turn my screen on. Uh, Pastor, could you just hand me your Bible? And oh, good. Uh, if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable unpre are treated with special modesty. While our pre presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I, I want you to hear that a second. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? 
Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Amen. Let's uh, pray for a moment. And just we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe uh, through the speaker, through the hearers of your word. We have felt your presence here this morning, Spirit. We know that you knit us together in bonds of love. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're about to share with us in your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As I said, uh, I love the church. Don't always love technology. Fortunately, I turned around and my computer was back on. The screen was back on. So uh, that's good because I, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to have to do these notes from memory. And uh, usually I have more time when I do do a message to uh, prepare the uh, kind of outline and, and memorize it. So uh, I want to paint for you this morning just a beautiful picture. One of the things I have, and, and I can't tell you how many times since Pastor's been doing this series, I've read 1 Corinthians, and I go back and forth, and I read it, and I reread it, and then I mark some things, and then I go back and forth, and I mark some more things. And it just begins to settle in you. And oftentimes we, we initially look at 1 Corinthians, and we begin to say, look at those Corinthians. Uh, and we begin to look at the problems in their church. And sometimes we even look at the problems and we begin to look at our own church. And, and we honestly need to assess and say, hey, we don't have it all together. We need the Holy Spirit to work in our midst. But as you begin to read through 1 Corinthians over and over and over, you begin to see an undercurrent, even as Paul's correcting the Corinthian church. And I mean, some of the things... Uh, they're doing in our day if we saw a church with all of that going on we would say I don't even know if they're Christians and yet Paul's calling them saints he's like you're part of the body recognize it wake up and so you begin to see this underlying theme that Paul has that begins to paint a beautiful picture uh, a challenge to us to be the church that God has called us to be and oftentimes we look at the church and we think, I'm the church because the Spirit of God dwells in me. When we come together, we're the gateway church. But we, we, we individualize it. We look at the focus as us. And Paul has a much bigger picture. And sometimes we make the picture too big, too. We look at it and we say, well, and, and I've heard people say this, and I've probably said this. There's an invisible church. You know, there's the saints that have gone on to be with the Lord. And, and there's an element of the church, you know, in every body across this country, for instance, there are believers and there are people sitting in our church seats and our pews that are unbelievers. And so there's the invisible church in the midst of the visible church. And we say things like that, but Paul's not thinking like that. Yes, there is the church through the ages. Yes, we are all part of a big universal church, even visible here on earth right now. We should honor that. We should respect that. W one of the things that came up when Pastor and I were talking about a, a particular commentator, and I happen to have his commentaries as well, so I went through and was reading what he said, and I'm just like, you don't slam a fellow member of the body of Christ like that. You don't vilify. You might not agree with everything in their doctrine. You might even think in some areas they're weak. You might even think they need to grow up. But they are your brothers and sisters in the Lord. They are the church. They are part of the body. 
and you love them and you look at them and you think even what can I learn from their tradition or their, their uh, trend or their commonality. I have a son-in-law that's a pastor in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And it's interesting to me because uh, I actually was a youth pastor uh, at an Assemblies of God church and under a pastor, and he came from the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And he got filled with the Spirit and, and became an Assemblies of God pastor. But I remember him telling me one time, I love the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod because they taught me doctrine. They taught me the scriptures. I had to go through catechism, and I had to memorize it all. And it didn't mean anything to me at the time, but when I got saved and I got filled with the Spirit, it came to life within me. And he said, and I could, you know, I had some more discernment. I could distinguish what was true and, 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 and what the word was, but it came to life. So this is the picture that Paul's painting. You are the body of Christ together and individually members of it. And that word members literally means your bodily parts. That's why he goes in talking about foot and hand. You know, if I cut my hand off in front of you today, that would be pretty gruesome, wouldn't it? Uh, but if I, And it just laid there, it would die because it would be separated from the body. If my head was separated from my body, I would die. And you would see a corpse here. You'd see organization and you'd see structure, but it would be dead. And we don't want that. And then Paul has that universal idea, but locally, when you come together as believers in what we call the church, when we say we're going to the gateway church, to the building, the idea there is you are a body. We are committed to one another. We are connected to one another. And so this morning, we want to look at that. Uh, some of the ideas I thought of is I, I was asking the Lord as, as we introduced this concept to, to give me an I, a few ideas, a few pictures I could paint for you. And one that came to mind is I had a friend one time that was very artistic, and uh, I was watching him, and he, did, he painted with his hands. With, he didn't use brushes or anything. And he was taking the different colors of paint, and, I mean, he just blobbed them on this, this canvas, and then he began to stir them with his hands, and he had a section, and he began to, like, mix the colors together, and it began to come brown. And I'm like, what is he doing? And it was messy, and it looked messy, and it was just blobs of stuff. And all of a sudden, he took this brown, and he kind of swept it, and he swept it up, and he began to make some mountains with it. And he took uh, some other colors, and he began to make a skyline with his hands, and you could begin to see a picture taking form and taking shape. And he got done, and it was this beautiful work, and he did it, like, literally in a few minutes. And I was just like, I can't believe I saw that, you know. And that's what the church is like sometimes. Sometimes you look at us, and, 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 and we're talking believers now. We look at ourselves, and we look at our body, and we think, man, this is messy. This is nasty. But God is working in us to create a beautiful work. Another thing is you take individual, uh, I've been to, to the Museum of Art in Chicago, and, and one of the pictures I love there, and it's a giant picture, and it's a scene, and it's all done with points. You this guy took individual dots and just did this giant picture and creates this beautiful scene. 
And I look at that, and I think of the individual members of Christ. If you separate one of those points, it doesn't mean much of anything. Or the pixels on our computer screens. But you put them together, and something beautiful comes. Or the missing pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. You begin to do a jigsaw puzzle, and you begin to see a picture develop. But have you ever done a jigsaw puzzle, and you've you know, picked up this box from somewhere, and you get to the end, and there's three pieces missing? And it's disappointing. It's the same with the church. What if you're the missing piece because you're not engaged and you're not involved? Here's some things I want you to recognize about the body of Christ as we're talking about uh, this, this beautiful picture that Christ paints for us. The body of Christ is visible. Just like your body, when, when, when I, and I thought of... The, Michelle, I'm going to pick on you because you popped in my head as I was thinking of this illustration, Michelle Boss. Uh, if, if I saw an x-ray of Michelle that her doctor had, and then I saw an x-ray of one of the others of you in, in the church, I couldn't distinguish them. I couldn't say, oh, that's Michelle and that's Julie Morales, you know. I couldn't distinguish that. Most doctors couldn't distinguish that, you know. Uh, I can't get inside their heads. I don't know what's going on in their minds. So for me to recognize Michelle, there has to be a body. It's her visible representation to the outside world. It's her essential form. It's the means of her expression to the world. That's how I initially see Michelle. That's how I recognize Michelle. Now, I can begin to talk with her and learn some of her thoughts and know her at a deeper level, but that's how I have the recognition. The essential form and means of Jesus Christ's expression in the world, the visible form, is his church. Paul's giving us a beautiful illustration of purpose. Like the human body, the body of Christ has many parts. We have the local expression. We have the universal expression, but we're visible for the world to see. We operate in diversity, just like the cells of our body. Let's, let's take it deeper than even Paul did. The tiny cells of our body each have function. They each have purpose, but they begin to work together in harmony under the direction of something up here we call the head, which has a brain in it. I thought, man, how do I describe what past part pastor is in the body if Jesus Christ is the head? <laughs> and I decided he's, and he, I can say this because I wear glasses too, he's the four eyes. <laughs> he's the person God gives the vision to. But he's not the head. He's not the head of our local body. Christ is the head. And he gets the vision. And then he has people that God raises up around him that help him clarify the vision. He has things that happen in the midst that the head's directing that maybe he doesn't even see clearly yet, and all of a sudden he sees God's working here. There's a gift for ministry here. Let me pour into that. Let me nurture that person. Let me open an avenue for them for ministry. You see, that's what our brain does with our body. So we operate in diversity. 
There's unity and diversity, and there's diversity in our unity. One commentator I read said that unity dominates diversity. Now, that doesn't mean that our pastor, for instance, gets out a whip and says, this is what you're going to do, because I and there's some pastors that do this. But I said you're going to do it. I have the vision. You go out and do it. It means our head, our, our, our Christ, is taking the diversity, and he's in control. Even when it looks messy to us, he's painting the picture. Even when it's not perfect on our side, it's okay. He's in control. He's in charge. So we're visible. We are unified. We're diverse in our function, but similar in vision. That's why pastor shared with us and reminded us this morning, this is our vision. This is our mission. This is the purpose of the Gateway Church. How are you going to fit into that purpose? What gifts have, have you brought into this church? You have different giftings. You have different abilities. You have spiritual gifts and natural skills that are varied, but were brought into this body for a purpose. Your history, your gender, your age, your ethnicity all have purpose. Paul put it this way, whether you're Jew or Greek, whether you're male or female, whether you're slave or free, you have a purpose. And I have to tell you, pastor got up this morning and said, you know, I know you have other choices. You pass other churches on the way. But if you're really listening to the Spirit and you're sensitive to the Spirit, I hope you're here because God has placed you here. You see, I believe that all of us have been placed at the Gateway Church. I have to tell you, when my wife and I were moving into this area, I looked up some different churches, and I wasn't even looking, even though I've been assemblies of God most of my, all of my Christian life, I wasn't looking for an Assembly of God church. I was just looking and saying, God, where do you want to place me? And I pulled up different websites of churches, and there were some websites that were even better than ours, and we have a pretty good one. But something about the gateway, when I pulled even up the website, I'm like, we have to go there. And our first Sunday, we sat right over here, and I'm like, this is where we belong. And Pastor and Jessica came up to greet us, and we still don't know to this day, but we'd all somehow seen each other before. There was some level of familiarity. And it just felt right. And I believe the Holy Spirit placed us here. You are Christ's gift to this local body. And that's important. Because we need you if we're going to be healthy. The Gateway Church is functioning well when everyone in this church is placed where they need to be, recognize that they're the gift that they are to the church, and growing and maturing. We have been working hard, pastor, the board, because we need a worship and a discipleship pastor here. There need to be some things that are taken off pastor's plate so he can get into the word and he can deal with some of the other things. But it's also not just because pastor needs things taken off his plate, not because we, we have good worship. Look at, look at this morning. 
but we're sensing a need in the body for you and for I and even for pastor to be able to grow, to be able to be healthy, to be able to mature, to be able to function well. And functioning and growing and maturing, just like the body, means we're walking. We're walking in the gifting, the ministry, and the life that God intends. I don't know about you, but as I'm, I'm looking at all the things that are going on, you know, we're looking for, for a new, some new leadership in an area. We're in a building program. We have the, the, these missionaries we support. And I look at all of it, and, and I mean, I believe in it. I believe this is what the church is supposed to be doing, every church body. I believe in it. We, we need to be outward focused and yet inwardly growing and maturing. But sometimes it scares me. <laughs> and sometimes I pray and I say, God, can we really do this? Can we really pull this off? And then I get reminded, well, it's not you. It's not pastor. It's me who's doing this and growing this. And so then I recognize God always has more for us. He always wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He doesn't want us to come into the kingdom and stay just the way we are. And so then I recognize, you know, I've got to exercise a little bit, just like I do in real life. You know, sometimes my waistline gets a little bigger than I want. It's still a little bigger than I want right now. And I say, okay, and, and I'm wearing this Fitbit thing, you know, that tells me how much I've been walking. And, and you know, and it frustrates me sometimes because my wife is just the Energizer bunny. So she'll come home. I got 14,000 steps today, and you need to really be averaging about 10,000 steps. And I'm like, I got on the treadmill today, which sits right in our living room, and I only got 7,000. One day I, I pulled up, up the, the results from this, and I looked. I was so mad. I had 9,998 steps. I was like, and it was like after 12 when I pulled it up and looked at it. I'm like, man, two more steps. That's all I had to take to go to Virginia and say I got 10,000. You know, she tells me, you know, has your wrist ever vibrated? Because it vibrates when you get 10,000. <laughs> so I'm not reading my Bible all day because I'm getting on the treadmill at some point because I'm like, I, I have to get these steps. That's what God wants for us. We've got to be walking. We've got to be exercising our faith. At the same time, we're seeking to protect and strengthen our weakest members. There's nobody that comes into this church and becomes a part of the Gateway Church that we can look at and say, you do not have something to contribute here. You know, I don't think about my little toe very much, but when I stub it and it hurts, you realize it's a pretty important part. And I seek when it's hurting and when it's stubbed to protect it. And we need to do the same thing for one another. See, we need to be protecting and strengthening those weakest members and helping them so that as they learn and as we learn, we can begin to function as a church at peak performance. At our peak performance. 
doing what God's called us to do, the Gateway Church. And then if you're a healthy church, you're walking, you're exercising, you're learning, and you're living. You're not a corpse laid out here on the platform. You're not a dead, empty building. I mean, I've been in churches where you walk in and there's the, the, the and, and I have to say, not all of them have been empty. <laughs> I've been in churches that are bigger than our church and packed to the gills. But you walk in and there's the stench of death in that place. And something's not right. And it's because we live as we're properly related to Christ the head and then to one another as bodily parts, as members of the same body. We're going to get into the next chapter, and it's going to talk about very practical things. You know, you walk that out in love. I'm still working on that. My wife, those were verses that we had on our, uh, these little note cards when we got married. And I can remember looking at that, verse as we're at our after the wedding you know get together we had a little cake and punch and it was just unheard of back then to have cake and punch it was like that's what they did in California not in Michigan you had meat and potatoes and all of that and uh, I can remember looking at that and I can remember after we got married looking at that and thinking man this is going to be hard (laughs) if I'm going to do this and live it out with Virginia. Then we're spirit-led and Christ-directed as the body. We each need to come here to the Gateway Church and recognize when we hear pastors share the vision and when you get a little scared, don't revert, don't pull back, Don't break away from the body. We have too many people today that they're not helping anybody. They're crippling the body of Christ because they'll come here for a while, pastor the first time he offends them, or the second time, or the third time. I've had it. I'm going over here to this church. Then you hear that they're over here at this church, and then they're over here at this church. And they're going to wither and they're going to die spiritually because they've cut themselves off from the body. You hear people that say, well, I can turn on the TV and go to church. Or I can go on the Internet and have Internet church. No, you've separated yourself from the body. See, our existence and our unity depend on Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Through the Holy Spirit, we're connected to and dependent on him. However, each member of this local body has a certain amount of power that God has given us. We can be healthy. We can submit to the Holy Spirit. We can promote unity, and we can promote a healthy body. Or we can resist the Holy Spirit and become like a cancerous cell, inflict the body with sickness and limitation. And pastor can tell you this week, when you're sick, your body begins to generate efforts in that area, and you're forced to compensate for what's missing. You're forced to compensate for the sickness. You might shut down for a while and need rest. I would hate to see our mission and our vision put to sleep because somebody wasn't doing their part. 
You see, the presence of the risen Christ in it is in our midst. And officially to the world, we are a corporation. We are the gateway church, and we have articles of incorporation, and we have bylaws, and we have all that legal stuff in place. But in here, as the church, we know he is our corporate character. He is the body. He is the one that's walking in the midst of us. And this is a beautiful picture when the life of Christ is expressed in the body. A beautiful picture. And our pastor, a beautiful man, can take over from this point. <laughs> Thank you, John. Awesome. I want you to stand with me. As you think about your role, your gifts within the body, for some of you it comes really natural, and you're saying, I know where my gifts are, I know where I can serve or have been serving, and I'm right in the place where God wants me. And I just want to encourage those, if that's, if that's where you are today, um, we want to encourage you. We want to breathe some uh, uh, additional energy into that, okay? And uh, that you would continue to have strength, continue to be working in those areas. Uh, it's natural and it's not an effort, how many have ever tried to do something that you're not good at or not gifted and you're, you know, and you get frustrated and you get worn out? And I want to speak to those at this point that are maybe serving in an area where you aren't naturally gifted and where you are maybe getting to the place where you're saying, this is crazy. I, I'm not even interested in being a part anymore. You're wanting to give up. And I get that. And I want to share with you that we want to explore with you the best way to be able to connect. Okay? But then there's a measure of us here today, and no one's pointing fingers. You know who you are, that are somewhat disengaged. Not to the body of Christ. I mean, you could be doing things outside and, and, uh, and being used by God. I get that. But if you call the Gateway Church your home and you're not serving or you're not engaged in some way, someone is compensating because of your lack of obedience. That's the truth of the matter. And just like I've been sick and uh, when, so, when a part is not functioning, the body is sick. And our vision is to be healthy, right? Multiplying, right? Yes. Things that are healthy multiply. And I don't believe we're at a place where we're 100% healthy. But I believe God wants to take us there. And I want those of you that are engaged saying, boy, I want to be used I want to encourage you to be curious with the Lord in your quiet times. Be curious with the leaders of the church, with me, with Pastor Pete and Deb and with, with the, the board. And how can I best be used for God's glory? That's my heart for each and every one of you. I want to pray 
and then we'll be dismissed. And if, the, if you need prayer this morning, you can certainly respond. We wanna, we'll anoint you. We'll stay as long as you need. Uh, but otherwise, I want you to go this week with this idea that, okay, God, where am I to fit? Where can I best serve? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each person here. I really do. God, you're doing a mighty, powerful thing here at the Gateway Church beyond any one of us. And God, we embrace that and we thank you for that. And God, I just pray right now that you would breathe life into those that are already serving in their areas of gifting. God, that you would just empower them for supernatural ministry. Lord, for those that are serving in an improper manner or maybe in an area that they're not really gifted, maybe they're just filling in the gap, God, I pray that they would identify that. And Lord, that we can work together to get them into the place where they can work and it's natural and it's, it's effortless. God, I thank you for that. But God, I pray also for those among us that are disengaged, that are not serving, that are not that are not a part, maybe they, they attend, show up, but they are not serving in the manner that you would have them to serve. And God, I pray that they would not get this message off of their mind. God, that it would just haunt them and to the point where they have to talk with someone in leadership saying, how can I serve? How can I be a part? And God, I just pray that in each of these cases, Lord, that you would bring us together for your glory, for your honor. God, we are a spirit-filled church because you're here and you're amongst us. We are committed to glorifying you, God, and we want to connect people to go deeper with you and with each other, with the world, to reach out. And God, our desire is to become more healthy, multiplying, making an impact. God, I pray that our mission, our vision will challenge us today and for the next several days and for the next season of our lives together. We pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.